Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and I'm just so glad you're here. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface and to hold space for meaningful conversations. We're going to talk about life and love and basically everything in between. This is a place where done is better than perfect, where quality triumphs quantity, and where you can really just come as you are. So go ahead and leave that Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is freaking messy. Don't I know it, y'all? Now, not only are we going to be real, we're going to have fun too. Scout's honor. I promise you this. I will find any excuse to bring up Beyonce or the latest episode of The Bachelorette. So if you're a new friend, you are so welcome. And before we get started, pause and make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective Podcast on iTunes so that each week when a new episode drops, it'll download straight to those devices. And if you're an old friend, um, welcome back. Hi there. I already know you're all subscribed and good to go. But would you do me a quick favor? Hop on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and written review. I would be incredibly grateful for that. Now, I used to feel like all weird and awkward about asking you to do this, but then I listened to Oprah's podcast and even she asks her listeners to do it. In the podcast world, those subscribes and ratings and reviews really, really help us. So thank you in advance. You are the best. Finally, if something stands out to you in this episode, find me on Instagram at The Refined Woman or my podcast specific account at The Refined Collective and send me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. What is meditation and how do I practice it? And what does God think about meditation? What is mindfulness? What is all this talk about breath work? Are there really physical practices that I can implement into my life to experience relief, release, and healing from trauma and anxiety and fear? Friend, these are just some of the questions that we uncover in today's episode with Jackie Viramontes. Uh, you're going to hear it in the episode. I, I just had a thousand questions for her. I wished we could have talked for seven hours and I just walked away with so many incredible tidbits of information, but also practical tools to implement into my life. So I really, really hope that you are ready to learn and ready for breakthrough from fear and ready to be educated on what all this meditation and mindfulness stuff is all about. Let's dive into it. Welcome to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. And today we have a special guest, which I feel like that's redundant because I think all my guests are really special. I personally am very excited about this conversation with my virtual friend, Jackie Viramontes, because I'm so inspired by how she lives her life. Um, If you go on her website, one of the first things you'll read is doubt doesn't need to make you settle. Toxic patterns don't need to steal your peace and fear doesn't need to sabotage your relationships. Hello. Um, We can end the call right there because wow, that is so I'm so in alignment with that. Um, so briefly, who Jackie is. Jackie is a best-selling author, advanced energy psychology practitioner, lifelong meditator, and yogi. At a young age, she became passionate about the healing potential of holistic therapies like meditation and EFT. And her personal journey transformed anxiety and grief into a commitment to share the most effective tools with others. She now works with clients worldwide and teaches future practitioners about modalities based in neuroplasticity, one of my favorite words, and energetics. Her next book, Practice Makes Peace, explores four daily practices that release anxious energy and rewire limiting beliefs. And oh yeah, she's also a Christian. So you know I love those woo-woo Christians. So I am so excited to welcome Jackie Viramontes to the podcast. It's so good to be here. Oh my gosh, we're going to nerd out on this. I love it. Oh my gosh. I just... I mean, basically all I want to do is like read word for word, all your blog posts on here. I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) everything that you're doing is so supportive. I was 
really struggling with anxiety. I mean, I have struggled with anxiety for a long time, but I was about to go on an airplane ride and I was like, I need to listen to one of Jackie's meditations. (laughs) And it 1000% helped me. I walked onto that airplane with total peace and groundedness. So I'm team Jackie. I love that. For some reason, I track the airplane phobias. I think it's a big one. My (laughs) sister is visiting in three weeks, I think, and she would not fly before. So we've done a lot of work together. So now she flies Mm. and she flies with her little baby. That makes me so happy. I'm glad glad it helps. It always makes me happy when it helps. For me, I never was afraid of flying. I fly all the time. And it was really, honestly, what I think it was is my gas tank was really empty. Like my nervous system was in a really rough place when this was happening. And so it's kind of like gas tank is empty, throw a pebble in the gas tank that's on fumes Mm -hmm. and it's like, boom. And so I started kind of out of like from a sideways place, getting on airplanes and being like, I'm about to freak the F out right now. What is happening? This has never happened before. Um, And just realizing, oh, like my nervous system is shot and like things are starting to come out sideways Um, and to not judge myself for that, but be like, okay, let's let's do some work here because there's some stress and anxiety coming out in ways that um, ways that normally weren't coming out for me. So I was surprised when it started happening. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And if your body's in a stressed place and you're doing something from that place, it can accidentally start to associate that thing with the stress because your body doesn't mm. know. So it's trying to make sense of things. So if you're like a lot of people with adrenal fatigue, certain things will start giving them panic attacks or start giving them anxiety mm. attacks and they don't know why. It's it's just like what you said. It's like the cup is over full and now it's overflowing. <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. Biologically. That was a lot of my story. I was like having anxiety attacks, quote unquote, out of nowhere, which I don't believe anything's out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I think our bodies are always talking to us, but we ignore them. Mm-hmm. And at least that's what mm-hmm. I did. Um, but I had such severe adrenal fatigue that it was like, oh, no wonder my body is freaking out. And I'm not scared of being in public places with people. It was just like my body was like, it was like, we're tapping out. We need a break. Get me out of here. Yeah. That's how I got into the whole world was being an extremely anxious person, which I don't really identify with that word anymore is what I say. You know, Mm -hmm. we we all have anxious feelings, but it was an identity uh, in up until my twenties, which we can totally talk about. Tell me about that. Tell me about that. Because you say, I'm like, I'm reading your bio and I'm thinking, how many people at a young age become passionate about like <laughs> meditation and holistic therapy? I'm like, I'm 34 and just in the last few years have I been <laughs> stepping into that space. Yeah. So let, tell me a little bit about your story. Let's go into it. I'll try to make it short. I mean, shout out to my mom because she's just like my hero. Um, she's the main reason I got into all of it. Um, But trauma, honestly, really got me into it, which brought my whole family into how do we heal more naturally. I mean, I obviously wasn't born anxious. Some people are. um, That is a thing. But I wasn't born anxious. My family went through a major loss and I was only five. So this was like flashback, probably 1993. um, But my we were outside of my house and... Uh, we were picking my brother up from a play date right across the street. And we it was my mom, my sister, my twin sister, um, and my brother. And we were going across the street back to my house. And we stepped out to go past the cars to see if it was safe to cross. And my brother, who was seven and a half at the time, he thought we were going and he ran into the street. So later that day, he did die. So that was a moment that I do like to talk about because I do know that a lot of people have experienced childhood loss and trauma and we're trained to not make people feel awkward or talk about it. But that moment was, Mm. it was almost like I did feel like God's presence come down because at a really young age, I felt like, okay, I'm going to be a different person because of this. And I'm going to have different priorities because of this. I don't know what the five-year-old word for priority is, but it, mm-hmm. it was like an immediate 
lesson, like a life lesson that a filter for the rest of my life of, okay, I need to focus on what's important. And it's learning to heal. And what was important for our family was learning to come back to what was true and seeing that the world could be a good place and a joyful place, even though really bad things can happen. So that was, it was a traumatic way to watch someone die. So it did cause PTSD. So I didn't, I developed anxiety from that. And a few years later, I developed OCD. And I'm not like, trendy hashtag OCD after like tidying up. It was like that OCD, (laughs) like repeating words multiple times, like upwards of 50 times, washing my face for like 30 minutes. And I was like five, six, seven, eight, nine during when it was the worst. And, you know, you're too little to go on medication. At least my mom thought I was too little to put me on Xanax or Zoloft or something. Mm -hmm. So she started exploring like alternate ways to help us because they were PTSD symptoms. So she's like, if an event could make my daughters feel this way and think this way and have these issues, like there has to be things that bring them back to before that event happened. Like it seemed like there was a clear wow. distinction in her mind. So she was a fancy high heel wearing producer, made commercials and she stopped mm-hmm. and she like immersed herself in like natural ways to heal. So you know, essential oils is like a gateway drug to uh, maybe massage, <laughs> chiropractic, different energy therapies. I went to therapists who did EMDR. I'm sure um, a lot of your listeners maybe have heard of EMDR. Maybe just explain. I've done EMDR for trauma stuff in my life, but maybe just give yeah, a quick explanation. Um, so there's something called eye, mo- eye movement desensitization in therapy. So a lot of what triggers us is not something I could think about. You know, something bad could happen. That's a thought. But there's visual cues, like standing on a busy street that could trigger my anxiety. There's sounds, like the mm-hmm. sound of car horns that could trigger my anxiety. So we use eye movements because your eyes are really connected to your brain. So if I look to the left, I'm activating the right side of my brain. If I look to the right, I'm activating the left side of my brain. So we're really helping to stir up all the different types of things that could trigger you, trigger your anxiety, the sights, sounds, smells, et cetera. So that's why instead of just talking, like talk therapy, a therapist might use eye movements while you talk or think about something Mm. to really help bring up and then hopefully release those um, cues that are triggering your body, if that makes sense. I just listened to mm-hmm. the On Being podcast with Krista Tippett, and I can't remember his name, but the guy who wrote the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Oh, the best book ever. So good. Um, but <laughs> uh, he was on that podcast, and I had, I listened to that book on Audible this summer, and it was so validating. And I know we're going to get into this um, as well, but for when I started struggling with panic attacks and anxiety, I felt, first of all, felt like I was a crazy person. I was like, I am (laughs) losing it. Like what Mm -hmm. is happening to my body? I feel completely Mm -hmm. out of control. And I remember one of the first books I read was this book, it was like, basically it said that anxiety was all in my head. It was all mental. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, does not feel like a mental mind over matter experience at all. Like I, I feel like I can't control these things when it's happening. It feels like I'm dying. Like there was just so much fear associated with it. But the more and more I started learning about my body and what happens, like our my mind was responding to my thoughts and my thoughts were casting a belief system or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not safe or this is scary or my future is up to me. And when that felt out of control, then it would talk to my mind. My mind would signal to my amygdala that we're in a really scary position. And then the cortisol, everything blasting through my body, all of that. And so I just began being on this journey of discovering my own body Mm -hmm. and like what was really happening in it and reading through the body keeps the score was so incredible. He talks about, he's not like Mm -hmm. against Western medicine, but he's like the guy that discovered what PTSD was. He was 
um, working with Vietnam war veterans and noticing there were all these like Mm -hmm. similar characteristics. And one thing that he says is we don't remember trauma. We feel it. And that just hits me like in my Mm -hmm. gut because I'll be in a situation and I'm like, I'll feel this. Like now I'm like, it's not anxiety. Like I'm not attaching anxiety to whatever this thing is, but I'll be like, Oh man, there's like Mm -hmm. a wave of grief or there is like literally something trapped in my body that's Mm -hmm. trying to get out. And when I judge it or try to like act like it's not there, like it's really not helping me. Um, But I think in the Christian world, that can feel like Mm -hmm. really weird and scary. And like, what are you talking about this energy work Mm -hmm. or trauma living (laughs) in the body? Um, I remember the first time I heard it was in yoga and I was going through a breakup and I was in pigeon pose and I just started crying. And my instructor was like, you know, your, your hips hold a lot of your emotions. So a lot of times people cry in pigeon pose and I was like, what is this crazy person talking about? And then I'm crying. Pigeon will do that to you. Yes. So can, what are your thoughts about that? Why is it that our body holds these things and how do we get them released? Yeah. Pigeons, the beast. (laughs) One of the things is we think that we hold our memories just in our brain, but they've actually, they're learning more and more that our little neuropeptides, our neural pathways, right? Which is our little memories and thoughts. They actually, they found them all over our body. So they're doing more studies. A lot of people are super into how we have a brain in our, you know, intestinal tract and that kind of thing, but they found it all over our body. Mm. That's why you could be in pigeon pose or you're getting a massage. People will start crying in a massage. And what's happening is you might be tapping into where that memory is stored and we don't just store it in our brain. Mm. Another thing is I work with people and we're both like this cat. Like we have deep belief, like we're people of like deep faith. Like I deeply believe that like God is protecting me and that things will work out and I'm not in this world alone. But if I have all these memories and evidence of times when things didn't work out, I could be really believing it when I'm praying, but my whole body is screaming, my whole memory wherever those memories are, my brain or my body are screaming like, oh no, oh no, it's not going to work out. Remember this time, this time, this time, and this time. So we need to address Mm. those times if we want to align our beliefs with what our life has taught us. Um, And that's how I think of healing. Like we have to, we go through something that teaches us lots of things. And if we're a person of faith, we we like to make positive meaning, but somewhere in our body, or especially if we were little kids, we could have learned something different. Like people aren't trustworthy or um, it's not safe to get your hopes up because disappointment will come around the corner, whatever it is. Like we need to mm. honor those stories. Um, and whether you believe you're in your body or your mind, you know, you would need to honor that that was true in that story, but that won't necessarily be true in the future. Um, so there's like so much importance of going back and seeing what stories you've kind of kept. So let's, let's unpack that a little bit more, Jackie. Let's talk about identifying first, identifying what is the, what's the thought? Because I agree, there's, I think where there can be such a disconnection, I think, especially in religious circles is, well, I know God loves me and I know I'm worthy. And God says this about me. The Bible says this about me, but then really based off the results of my life and how I'm showing up, I actually don't Mm -hmm. believe that I'm worthy, whether it's I've experienced in relationships with men that the I, for a long time, believed like a guy like that would never like a girl like me. I never felt worthy of the type of love that I longed for. I felt as though um, like God really wouldn't provide for me so that my future really was up to me. And so then as an entrepreneur, I was breaking my back to make ends meet. Couldn't I felt all of this pressure and anxiety that began manifesting in my body because really what I did feel like is I was God then if God wasn't taking care of me and it was only up to me. So I had all these like these thoughts in my head, but I was disconnected from them because I yep. knew like the mm-hmm. Bible answer and I knew, well, but God is my provider. So it's like, I'm saying these mm-hmm. prayers, but I'm not really believing them. So 
how would you suggest someone who, like, first of all, how do you become aware that there's a disconnection between what you say you believe and like what is in your body or what you're actually believing? And how do you actually get out of that? Like, are you journaling? Like, okay, no, I, this memory said this, but actually this is what's true. Like, is it repetition? Like what we repeat, we strengthen. When I'm hearing the one of, you know, that's a big thing where like as women, we want to feel worthy and it's something culturally we struggle against. So I love that example. So it's like if one part of us that like, I'll call it the faithful part, right? That faithful part believes that we're worthy of love, that we're made in God's image, that he has that person for us. Um, And then I think the question was like, how do we know if like our body, if our actual brain is in in alignment with that faith is when you step out to act in faith, right? When I, when I know, when I go out on a date with someone and I know something feels off, I know that I'm hiding a part of myself because if I show it, he won't really like me. Um, if, if stepping out in faith and going, no, I'm worthy. I'm going to show my whole self authentically, not caring if he accepts it or not. If that feels scary, it means that there's a little, maybe there's something in there, right? That taught you, oh no, you need to show up this way um, in this wrapping in order to get acceptance. So I would say when you go to step out in that faith, is there a little like fear tug in your stomach, you know? And it does, that's not a bad thing, mm. right? Like mm-hmm. live through that tug, go, no, I'm going to, yeah, it feels scary. I'm going to put myself on the line and be authentic with this guy. And if he isn't into it, good. It's a sign that he's not right for me. Um, so you can live through that tug, but it's a good thing to go journal about or a good thing to go surrender to God and be like, God, why was that hard for me to just be, why am I scared of being rejected by him? Um, and he, this happens to me so many times. It has happened to me where that voice for me is, oh, well, all growing up as a female in the States, you learn oh, I get more praise when I show up this way. I get more praise when I dress this way or get more praise when I'm thinner. Mm. Like that's when people compliment me. So it doesn't mean there's some trauma or anything. It could just be, I've been trained this way. So God, it's scary to go against my training. Um, We were talking about that verse um, before, Mm. but it's so in line with that verse. Like do not Mm. succumb to the patterns of this world. Be renewed by the transforming of your mind. So when you go to step out in faith and there's that tug of fear, um, it's like, oh, oh, that fear is me succumbing to the patterns of this world. Like, oh, I shouldn't Mm. say that to him. So be Mm -hmm. renewed. So go renew yourself, bring it to God, surrender it. I have a a public speaking coach that's helping me work through some fears that I'm experiencing when I'm public speaking. And yesterday she had me put on a Beyonce song and dance to the Beyonce song for (laughs) like three minutes. And which is not a stretch for me. That's not challenging for me to do. But she was like, you can only do a dance move once. So you can't like repeat the pattern. And so I like the whole time I'm like, oh, like I feel like out of my skin. And like, she's like, break the pattern, break the pattern. And then for like all of this next week, she's having me break habitual patterns, whether it's like, I like to sleep on the right side of the bed. Okay, so now I'm going to sleep on the left side of the bed. I get out of the shower and I oh, cool. dry my right leg off first. Okay, we're going to start with my left arm. And, you know, I'm like, oh, this, like, you know, this is, it sounds so weird, but she's like, you know, you have to get in this, this pattern of showing yourself mm, that I you can that. break patterns and like, it's like a, she's like, mm-hmm. we have to interrupt the patterns in your life because ultimately what's going, when we say things, you know, to by being renewed by the transforming of our mind or verses in the yep. New Testament that say, take every thought captive, mm-hmm. um, like that's work because our, our bodies, our minds mm-hmm. are like, they're pattern makers. And I think that's a beautiful, amazing thing. But I think in that we can succumb to walking around with, crap in our lives that aren't serving us. Like, well, I'm just an OCD person, or I just like being in control, or I'm just Mm -hmm. always going to be afraid of rejection, or I just, 
you know, I have one friend and she's like, I'll just, I know that I'll Mm -hmm. never really get the relationship I want. And I'm just like, well, God is a renewing Mm -hmm. God. And if we really believe that, then we get to practice that. And part of that is interrupting those conversations. And I think (laughs) when we do those silly things too, with like, all right, brush your teeth with your left hand. Like you can, I am practically in a small way showing myself Mm -hmm. that I can be a pattern breaker. I love that. And that's where, that's where meditation comes in. You could say, you know, you're praying in the morning or you read a verse, but then like your friends or like all of us, like no hate on your friend. We walk around and we go, we see a couple (laughs) and we, and that first thought is, oh, I won't have that. Or we are on a dating app and we're, we're really liking someone. And then they stop. They, it just stops. So they, they go cold. And what's our first thought? It's like, mm. well, of course that was too good to be true. So we have like, I don't know what it is. I, you, maybe, you mm. know, it's like 90 billion thoughts or something insane every day. It's like, if only five minutes of them or 10, even 10 minutes of them are like reading scripture, it's like, there's this whole other day where we're actually meditating, right? Because like meditating is training your mind. So we've trained our mind to think mm. things like, oh, I'll always be alone or I'll always be anxious. So like meditation Mm. is just, okay, can I take 20 minutes every morning to interrupt that, to interrupt that voice that I'm always meditating on? Mm. Oh, it's always hard for me. And interrupt it and go, no, I'm going to just affirm this one verse for 20 minutes with some nice music on. That's all meditation is. So you're like interrupting the pattern. And honestly, it's the best to do it in the morning because your brain's in a nice space where it can be more receptive to learning. So really, yeah, you're still in that parasympathetic state from sleep. So it's, that's why it's best to get in a nice relaxed Mm. position. That's why meditation teachers will say, cover your eyes or, Mm. um, they'll use breath work, which I'd love to give breath work tips, but it gets you in a nice parasympathetic state, which is like a learning state. This episode of the Refined Collective Podcast is brought to you by my very own free guide for single women, six tips to activate your dating life. Raise your hand if dating as a woman of faith in today's swipe right, swipe left culture has ever felt like a total struggle fest. Or maybe being single in our culture today feels overwhelming, lonely, discouraging, frustrating. And maybe if you're being really honest, It can even feel hopeless. Listen, single gal to single gal, I totally get it. But did you know that doing the same thing over and over again while expecting different results is known as the insanity cycle? Friend, it is time to walk into a freeing, exciting, and purpose-filled season of singleness. It's time to activate your dating life. I created a free guide for you, and by free, I mean zero dollars, called Six Tips to Activate Your Dating Life to equip you to shake things up in your season of singleness. You can grab it right now at bit.ly slash TRW dating tips. Now you will walk away knowing number one, the biggest mindset shift that will transform how you show up in your dating life. Number two, I'm going to teach you how to get unstuck in your dating life. And three, I will show you the number one thing you can start doing today that will radically change your season of singleness. And finally, the three things I wish someone would have told me 10 years ago about dating. You don't have to wander around for years like I did, insecure, uncertain, and discouraged about your dating or lack thereof life. So if any of this resonates with you, pause and go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash T-R-W dating tips and grab your free guide. Again, that's bit.ly slash T-R-W dating tips. All right, let's get back to it. Yes. So you're speaking my love language with like the parasympathetic and the breath work, but let's rewind What is, why don't you define for us, um, what is parasympathetic nervous system? Okay. So, you know, our sympathetic nervous system is like more our waking states. So it's not necessarily a stress state. It can be just when you're cranking out the to-do list, when you're navigating the 405 or a highway, um, (laughs) highway, wherever you may be, we're in that sympathetic state. Parasympathetic is when we're 
our body's dropping out of a fight or flight response. So we're not in a stress state. Our body's relaxed. If you were to get hooked up to something, you would see that your cortisol and stress levels weren't high. And that allows like your body to be in a healthy Mm. place. So that's why it's when you're sleeping because your digestion is working and you're parasympathetic, your reproductive system is working, um, your respiratory system's healthy, you know, you're taking deeper breaths when you're sleeping. So there's probably a more scientific answer of parasympathetic, but how I think of it is parasympathetic is relaxed, sympathetic is stressed. And um, when we're in a stress place, mm. like our sympathetic, like, of the blood drops from our brain. So we can't think with confidence or compassion or even faithfully because we're going into a more Mm. reaction mode. So again, like sympathetic would be reaction, parasympathetic would be relaxed, present, receptive state. So something that I learned this past year was in a is the value of breath work. And I loved breath work for, from yoga for a long time. I was like, how come I can just like seriously feel like mm-hmm. a safe little baby at the end of a yoga class? And I was like, oh, maybe yeah. it's because I'm taking deep breaths for an hour. <laughs> like I'm literally just focusing on my breath for an hour. But I was prepping for a speaking engagement last year. And one of my coaches I was like, you know, I'm afraid of feeling lightheaded on stage and anxious. And when I feel anxious, I feel like I'm out of body and like, I want to like, I just feel really lightheaded. And he was Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, that's because your amygdala was triggered and you have your sympathetic nervous system has been engaged. So literally Mm -hmm. the oxygen has left your brain and gone into your heart and your thighs because it thinks that you have to run away from a lion. (laughs) And... I was like, oh, okay. So then what do I do? And he's like, so you have to breathe. And if you, he's like, just breathe, take deep, like 10 deep breaths. And it's literally your body, your physical body telling your brain that you're safe. And then that parasympathetic nervous system gets engaged and the cortisol stops pumping or the adrenaline goes down. Okay. Okay. I love it. (laughs) I love simple things. Um, Because I'm someone who has a racing mind. So breath works so good. So simple things like for anyone who hasn't done breath work or they don't know what it is, it is just being mindful of your breath. But a simple thing you could do is your inhales increase your heart rate, your exhales decrease it. So if you just make your exhales one mm. second longer than your inhales, you're starting to slow down that heart rate. So that like fight or flight run from lion concept mm. he was talking about, you'll like disengage that. So, you know, four seconds in, six seconds out, or even three seconds in, four seconds out. Just one second longer helps so much. Also, there's something called the vagus nerve. So it's attached to your tongue. So it sounds crazy, but a really... Yeah, the vagus nerve. It's one of the biggest nerves in the body. Um, But it's connected directly to your nervous system and relaxing that relaxes your nervous system. So Mm. all you need to do is if you rest your tongue on the floor of your mouth while you're breathing... It does so much on a physiological level. It sounds so simple. I've posted on Instagram like with a tongue. It's like rest on the floor of the mouth if you're feeling stressed, but it's really true. It sends, it's a body cue. And we have, this is why, you know, God's so real. He designed our body to relax. He does make really simple things to relax the body. Mm. Decrease your exhales, put your tongue on the floor of your mouth. Like it's very simple body cues. Wait, I've been doing that wrong the whole time because I thought if you put the tongue on the roof of your mouth, it engaged your parasympathetic nervous system. So I think that's right too. That's a yoga thing, right? Um, mm. That's a yoga thing where you put it on the like back of your teeth on the roof of your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's one way. But if you want to like actually relax the nervous system, rest it on the floor of your mouth. They wow. actually did a study. So I train practitioners. So there's this study that is very dense, but basically neuroscientists got together and they're like, okay, we know that people can have these very relaxed brain states. How do we help the common person relax their mind when they have anxiety? 
And they they spent all this money and did all these tests. And what they found at the end was like five body cues. And they called they named it eco meditation because it's about getting your body and your heart in the same rhythm because they both have a rhythm. And it's using the breath. So it's six second inhales, six second exhales. So it's a nice slow breath. It's your tongue on your floor of your mouth. And it's just picturing an empty space behind your eyes because your eyes are connected to your brain. So if you notice when you close your eyes, you know, at the end of yoga class, they might be like darting around behind your eyelids, almost Mm. like you're looking for something. It's because your brain's active. So if you consciously go, okay, I'm going to let my eyes just rest as if I'm watching the back of my eyelids instead of letting them dart around, it'll make your thoughts slow down. So just those three things. And then the fourth thing is like feeling compassion. So what we, what you do is you just really picture someone or something that makes you feel like gratitude or appreciation, compassion. And that cultivates the same brain states as like a Buddhist monk who's meditated for days and days. <laughs> um, what? Those four things. Yeah. They did all these studies, spent all this money, made devices and that those four things worked better than any contraption they could come up with. Wow. That is so incredible. Let's talk about the value of meditation and meditation as a Christian person. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on this podcast Mm -hmm. is um, just to kind of have an open conversation of like, first of all, you and I both believe in meditation, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but it's, I think it's a thing in the Christian world that has felt really scary or like woo woo or, you know, I don't know, is is God in that? And so I just want to hear from you, your experience as being like a Christian person and practicing meditation and why you do it, why, why you believe God is okay with it or not. Yeah. I love, I love talking about that. Well, I I mentioned it, but, you know, meditation is just training your mind. So like in the simplest way, like I want to wake up and train my mind to focus on God when we're so trained to like wake up and grab from my phone and look at Instagram. Mm. And when I think about meditation and my relationship with God, I think about like me and my husband, like I can tell him I love him. I can um, maybe write him a note or... Uh, I can know in my heart that I love him, but if I don't spend time with him, that relationship is going to be pretty shallow and not that like fruitful. So meditation as a Christian person is that spending the time, the relationship. And I, I go out and I'll go on a date and spend time with friends with my husband, right? That's like worshiping with other people, enjoying them together. But when's that like one-on-one being super surrendered to that person in the relationship? That's mm-hmm. how I think about it with God. You know, meditation is that time to come. You're alone. It's you and your thoughts, your emotions, um, and you're bringing them to him. And what are some different ways to practice meditation. I think one of, so one of my big breakthroughs in regards to accepting meditation as this like really beautiful and sweet thing is I was in a yoga class years ago and I had this sassy (laughs) instructor and he was like, everyone's all freaking out about meditation. And he's like, listen, uh, who, who here prays? And you know, people are like, oh, I do. And this in the middle of like warrior two chaturanga flow. And he's like, listen, prayer is talking to God. We talk all day long. We need to learn Mm -hmm. how to listen. Meditation is just listening. And that was super helpful for Mm -hmm. me just in my own, my own journey with God. Cause I feel like, man, all I do is like, this isn't a relationship. This is like me just talking (laughs) to (laughs) just me talking to God at all times. Like how, when, when do I, pause and listen. Um, so that's something that I try to practice. I literally, Jackie will set like a three minute timer and just sit there and breathe and be like, okay, God, I just want to hear from you. And it can feel like sometimes like, I think my timer is broken. (laughs) It's been 30 minutes (laughs) and it's like, okay, it's been 30 seconds. So, um, but what are some ways that you like to practice meditation or first, 
So that's one question. And then no, I'll I ask my that. next question. I like, I, it's hard for me to, to like rattle off 30 Oh, I'll try to answer one. That's not helpful. <laughs> so I, I actually, in this, um, I'm going up this weekend um, with a friend to write a book, which I'm excited about, but it, that's what this book's all about. But I broke it up into four categories. So um, I'll, I'll share the four categories and that way people can almost think of one that resonates with them. But the first one is listening. So there's like, there's always like a season and a time to feel and listen. So, okay, I'm going to sit in silence and all I'm going to do is feel what's going on in my body. So that's like a body awareness meditation. So I would use, you know, the breath, I might do that inhale, exhale breath where the exhales are longer and just focus on four things, you know, for body awareness. Think about just focus on your body sensations, right? And anytime you're thinking about it, you're doing it because you're surrendering it, right? Anytime you bring awareness to something, you're bringing it to the light. So if you want it to feel like prayer time, you're going, oh, I have all this tension in my stomach, God. What? Here it is. Um, and see if he speaks into anything. Like, what is that? The next part of the body awareness is your thoughts. Like, wow, God, my thoughts are really scrambled. I'm like racing as if I need to get everything done and you're not in it with me. And then listen, if there's a response. The third thing with body awareness would be um, your emotions. So, you know, you've got sensations in your body, you got thoughts, but then maybe you're feeling just like a heavy sadness. Um, and you just surrender those and you can even put your palms up in meditation and picture those things filling your hand. I like to picture like I'm feeling my hand and God's taking them. And then usually after you're surrendering it, sometimes you hear or receive something to replace it. So you're, that would be the first thing is to really feel and listen with a body awareness. So you're just being aware of the thoughts, the emotions and the sensations in your body and your breath, right? So forth things. The other time, sometimes it's more of a day or a season where you want to release. Maybe there's a lot that's releasing. So I think of breath work, or I like to use like a simple stress reduction tool called um, EFT. It's just pressure points um, and it helps you relax. So that would be releasing. And I would use like more conscious breath work. So I would do you can inhale for six seconds, hold it for four, exhale for six seconds. And what you're doing is you're really getting in your body. It's very hard to be up in your head when you're breathing like that because it takes effort and energy. So like just releasing. And if you are someone who's visual, you can again, like put, you know, your palms up and picture anything that you're releasing, like anything that pops in your mind that's stressing you out while you breathe, you exhale and picture it leaving your body out into your hands and giving it to God. So you're really just focusing on releasing. Can you chat real quick about the EFT tapping? Yeah. Um, I know you're so big on that. And that's, I mean, it's something that I've like done and I'm doing, but I'm like, is this doing anything? Like I haven't experienced like a breakthrough moment with it. And I don't know if it's just that I don't know enough about it. Um, but I find myself subconsciously, like if I'm feeling like stressed, I'll just like be tapping my chest or something, or I like do around my under eyes. And then people are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> it's a, a subconscious thing. And I'm like, but I don't really know if it's working, but I'm doing this thing. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> that was developed by like neuroscientists and psychologists for veterans. So it was designed for trauma, oh, wow. but they found it's like good for anybody with stress. Yeah. There are pressure points um, there are meridian endings that go right back to our brain, back to our amygdala, the thing that creates all that stress mm -hmm. hormone. Um, and they have little meridians that come out and they come out on our face, which is very convenient because if you touch them, massage them, tap them, it sends a signal back to your brain that says, oh, please turn off. I don't need stress hormone now. So EFT oh, wow. is just the process of tapping seven of the main pressure points on your face. They're the most easily accessible. And you're saying, oh, turn off, please. I don't need to run from a lion when I'm going to give this talk, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. So... That's the simplest way to describe it. If you if you if you work with a practitioner and do it, the practitioner um, would help you focus on a specific trigger, like public speaking or like a trauma in your past, mm -hmm. and you would fixate on it. Right? You'd hold your mind on it, 
while you did the pressure points. And that teaches your brain to make a disconnect, right? You're disconnecting that moment from a fight or flight response. So you're teaching your brain, hey, I know every time you think about this, you think we're supposed to go into a stress state and run or freeze or fight. We don't need that. Not helpful. So you're Mm. teaching your brain, hey, let's associate this same thing that used to trigger me with calm feelings because you're flooding your body with calm feelings when you tap. Does that make sense? Wow. That makes that makes a lot of sense. And I had no idea it was designed for people that were in war and experiencing trauma. That's I'm I'm the type of person like I love like the I call it the woo-woo stuff, <laughs> but I also love learning the science behind totally. it. And I'm like, oh yeah. I love it, lo- it makes sense to me. Um what's the oh, I'm not like that. I need it to yeah. make sense. <laughs> what's the what's the value in the box screen like the inhale for six, hold for four Exhale for six, hold for four. Um, and I know like the lengths of holding and exhaling can change, but what's the difference between that and then just doing the like inhale for four, exhale for six? Um, that's a great question. And someone else could probably speak better into like that science. I don't know this science science of that. Mm. I know the science of the mm-hmm. make the exhale longer, which is going to relax you, decrease your heart rate. The six and six, like a, just a six and six, inhale six, exhale six. Um, your heart has a rhythm. So if you're inhaling six, exhaling six, I think you're doing, now I'm going to do the math wrong, Kat. What is that? It's five breaths per minute. (laughs) I think it's five breaths per minute. It's in coherence with your heart. So it helps you get in that parasympathetic state. Um, it helps you access those nice like brain states. So you get out of gamma stressful brain states. Um, the holding, Mm. I, I don't know the science, so I don't want to speak into it. Um, I just know it really helps me. I, when I studied meditation, yoga, we didn't go into that enough. <laughs> I'd be speaking from ignorance. Yeah, you're like, well, it means this. <laughs> well, thank you for not speaking from ignorance because I feel like it's super easy to just be like, oh, yeah, that's totally what it is. <laughs> totally. I don't know. It fills your brain up with oxygen and feels good. 2020 is in full swing, and I don't know about you, but I am here for it. I'm also here, human to human, to ask you for support. Help me, friend, to help you. The Refine Collective podcast is one of my most favorite projects that I have ever worked on in my career, but it is definitely a labor of love. We have quite a bit of hard cost each month from software and subscription services to my team who edit and produce the episodes to licensing music and running logistics for all things Refined Collective. Now, because of that, I want to invite you, yes, you, to join our Patreon community. Patreon is this incredible platform that helps listeners financially support their favorite podcasts. You can support their fine collective podcast for as little as $5 a month. And we made a bunch of fun different tiers that are jam-packed with free goodies and VIP access to our newest content. And you will be notified before anyone else about our upcoming live events. I'll also be going to you first to find out what questions you want answered and what topics you want covered moving forward. So in the midst of a wild year, I want to ask you, friend, if you'd be willing to link arms with my team and me and sharing some of the load and helping make the Refine Collective podcast the best it can possibly be. So if you want to learn more or sign up today, head on over to patreon.com slash the Refine Collective. Again, that's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the Refine Collective. Thank you so, so much for being a part of this community. There's like a great book, EFT for Christians. There's tons of great books on EFT, but EFT for Christians frames it from a Christian perspective, which I find really helpful um, in explaining it to people. So that's a good resource. It's a little book. That's very good. The other thing that's just that's easy is like a mantra. I know ma- I, I want to bring up mantra because it scares people. It might be a trigger word, but mantra is just like mm-hmm. a word that you're saying over and over. So I love Lectio Divino. It's an ancient type mm-hmm. of like Christian reading. It just means divine reading. So you pick a verse and you read it three times. The first time you read it and just allow yourself to let certain words pop out. So you give yourself maybe a minute of silence after that reading and just focus on that word or phrase that popped out from the verse. 
then you read it again and you notice like what thoughts, what your reaction is to it. So, oh, wow, I have some resistance to the fact that it says surrender everything to God. You know, like, oh, I'm feeling a little resistance to that. I don't want to surrender my finances. So you sit with that, right? So you're letting the verse like come in in new layers. And the third time you read it, you focus on, oh, what emotions come up? Maybe there's a hopefulness. So just for a minute of silence after you're just resting in that hopefulness that the verse gave you, or maybe there's some fear, like it's scary to step out. Um, like some verses ask big things. So you just do three readings. Um, and that's a nice like mantra or affirmation style meditation yeah. where you're, um, and that's a great, if you're in a season of really wanting to open to something new. I bought like a spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. book a long time ago when I lived in LA and the group of girls and I would get together every week and we would do Lectio together. And I think one of the coolest things about it was seeing how you can read the same passage and every person has a different experience. God is speaking something unique to each person. And I just think that's really, it's really powerful to do it alone. And it's also powerful to do it with other people too. Or the names of God. There's a great book like, Lord, I want to know you. And it goes through, there's you know, in the Hebrew text, they don't just say God, there's like Jehovah Rapha, there's Elohim. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you just pick a name of God, I did this for a, like two years, just I would pick a name of God and I would just almost like say it over and over. Um, whether I was walking mm-hmm. my dog or just sitting in like silence with music on. And that was really powerful because you just, I feel like I learned more about how God has so many different layers and shows up as healer, creator, provider. So that's a great way to do it easily. Well, Jackie, I just want to keep talking to you forever, but I'm looking Oops. at our timer. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, um, it's getting to be that time. So let's just maybe just in closing, you know, you, you kind of talked about your entry point into your own trauma and the your childhood and your... Um, what your the loss of your brother and your family grief, and can you speak to the healing you've experienced um, or the healing journey you've been on? Because I feel like we were talking about the OCD, right. um, which just sounds so hard and painful as a child. And so, what? How does? How has your life changed? How have you experienced healing? You know, I when I was, I remember this when I was six, my birthday wish every year was like, I just want to be content. I don't know who taught me that word, but I would say, I just want to feel Mm. content. It must've been, I think Mm. my, someone must've described it as where you don't want or need like anything else. You're in utter contentment. And I think Mm. it was like four years ago, I, you know, blew out my candles, made a wish. And I realized for the first time, Kat, it wasn't to be content. <laughs> like, um, mm. But that was over a series of, I really had to like bring my story out into the open. I'm someone who doesn't like to feel weak or like a victim. So that held me back for a long time because I am someone who would rather just say, oh my gosh, everything's going to be fine. God's got this. I've got this. But I had to like humble myself and and br- like bring out the that wound of losing my brother, and I had to I had to admit to God, to myself, you know, to my therapist, I had to admit like, hey, this made me feel weak. Like, hey, this made me feel like I couldn't trust anybody. Um, that I couldn't put my hope in anyone, um, and I had to be really honest about how that didn't just apply to losing my brother, but it was really hard for me to trust guys because what's true in one area of your life is true in every area. So I had to be really honest and I had to get over the feeling of feeling like it was weak to have those wounds or those lies. Um, and I did a lot, a lot of meditation where I had to like retrain my brain (laughs) and I did a lot of, um, Mm -hmm. the EFT was really helpful for me because it did help me my body was so trained to be anxious that I had to do daily practices Mm -hmm. to train it in a new way, which was like, wow, I can wake up and feel peaceful. So, um, like to any, I, I just really feel for people who feel like there's no end in sight, like they're anxious and that's their story. 
it, it's part of your story, but I'm a true believer that y- a story doesn't need to drag itself into your future for the rest of your life. Stories change. So I'm also very open to that. Um, so bring out your story like fully, but yeah, I had to do like some deep, deep work. I also had to say it to other people, you know, it it was very important to go to women's groups and, and be able to be vulnerable, but yeah, so much healing work with therapists and EFT and my OCD Mm. just, you know, it went away when that trauma literally was like, started to release from my body and I wasn't in that fight or flight place so much I could say there Mm. but like the one thing like that gave me hope and that I hope gives other people hope who feel like their story is dragging into their future is like we are designed for our stories to change like chemically like neuroplasticity wise like when you think something like there's a little neuropeptide in your brain and then when you have an experience that reinforces it like oh I had a day where I wasn't anxious it turns into a little neural pathway. And then when you meditate mm-hmm. on it, when you see yourself in a future where you don't, you aren't anxious or you're not acting on your anxiety, um, which are two different things, you know, I might feel afraid, but I won't let my fear define my actions. If I'm resting that, soaking it, meditating on what that would feel like to not let fear own my behavior, then that neural pathway becomes like a neural highway. And we start to make a new habit. So it is like exercising where we don't just go to one workshop and heal everything or we don't go to, it's like Mm -hmm. daily workouts. Like we're daily exercising that. And so we do make those new habits. And that's like, literally was like two decades of my life of having to release that old and then day by day say, okay, what's this new habit? And am I going to work, work it out, work, work on it. So I don't have a CD anymore. Thank God. <laughs> well, and I think the reality is, at least this has been my experience, is there's going to be work to do for the oh, rest yeah. of our lives. You know, like you said, it's not this one and done experience. It's not like, well, I went to therapy for those six months or I did the retreat. I did the workshop. I had the breakthrough at the conference. Someone gave yeah. me a word or, you know, I think that our healing typically happens in layers and we go through like a season of healing and then that healing is real. And then I think out of like God's kindness and graciousness after a period of time, it's like, okay, let's go a little bit deeper. Like a scuba diver who's like Mm -hmm. slowly going to the bottom of the ocean. It's like, you don't just like go Mm -hmm. all the way in the first time. It's like, you have to let yourself adjust. And I think healing is like that too. And I say that because I have experienced so much healing in my own walk of walking away from an anxious and fearful life. And then I still have had moments of fear and anxiety come up. And at first I felt Mm -hmm. like a failure. I felt like, oh my gosh, none of what I did stuck. Mm -hmm. None of the words people spoke over me were true. I'm back at square one. But that actually wasn't true because I had tools the next time or I knew how to reach out for support. And really it was like, oh, there's more here. There's more healing. And and God's not going to stop working on us because He is so passionate about Mm -hmm. us being whole humans. And so that means that's a lifelong journey um, towards walking into freedom. Because I think, at least for me, I felt like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I'm a total failure if I struggle again with anything because I've done all this quote unquote self-work. Shouldn't I be enlightened by now? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Especially helping people, you know, in a field where you help people, it's like, if I wake up anxious, is that bad? And it's like, no, you're human. We have these feelings. I'm like, if it's coming up, it means we're strong enough to deal with it. (laughs) We're strong. It's ready to heal. It's coming up because it's ready to be seen and listened to. Mm. Yeah. So good. So good. That. That's so good, girl. Well, you have so many incredible offerings for people. You have so many free resources. You have books. Tell us where to get the goods. goods. Yeah. And I'm, I'm launching a new thing that hopefully makes it easier to get the goods. So I'd say, um, etched daily. That's my new, you can check out the Instagram. So nothing on there yet, but it's, it'll be getting chock full of resources. So they'll be free 
tapping resources, free meditations, and then some online classes that'll really help with breaking through the reasons we are anxious since that's what I specialize in. So that's a great Mm. place. Or just my name, Jackie Veramontes.com. I have you know, tons of blogs. You can do a search on all sorts of topics, dating, breakups, anxiety, where there's um, meditations um, attached to each of them, most of them. So that's a great place as well. Yes. And I love that. I love your website. I love all the resources on there. You can just get lost (laughs) in it for hours. So um, everyone check it out and thank you so much for your time and your expertise. And I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. I think it, I know it matters. Um, so thank you for, for being here and chatting. It was an honor. I respect your work so much. Thank you. Girl. All right. Well, I will talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. If you are new here, maybe you've listened for a long time and there's topics, questions, comments, concerns that you have about what we're up to, follow us on Instagram, The Refined Woman. Send me a DM and I will get back to you and let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know what you want to talk about and I would love to make that happen for you. Have such a fabulous day. (laughs) Bye.